1: This is Cruise Radio Rewind,
0: real reviews from real cruisers. On this week's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind, we're going to get a review of Carnival Fascination. This ship is based down in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and it's actually there year-round, and it does a round of Southern Caribbean cruises. So it goes to like St. Thomas, St. Martin, St. Kitts, St. Lucia and Barbados. So a little Eastern, a little Southern there. Jeff joins us on the line to give us a very detailed review of his seven night cruise on Carnival Fascination. Jeff, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Doug. Glad to be with you.
0: Yeah, man. Fascination was based here in Jacksonville for like seven or eight years. So um, I can't wait to talk about this ship because it's been a little while since we have chatted about it. Uh, Before we get to the ship, then we'll take a step back. You're up in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and you had to get down to San Juan, where this ship is homeported year-round. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this seven-night cruise out of San Juan?
1: Yeah, sure. It was our fourth-time cruising the first time we cruised, my wife and I, we cruised on our 15th wedding anniversary. And then we wanted to take the kids. Um, we did smaller eastern and western cruises. And then um, we've been preparing for this cruise or thinking about it. It's been about three years since we cruised. And so we said, we're getting overdue for a cruise. So let's try to do a cruise. We had a son that was going into college. And we figured we, w- we wouldn't have very many summers left where he would have uh, two weeks of availability. And the other thing we were doing is we were learning how to save uh, airline, hotel, and travel points. You know, a lot of credit card signups and, and just paying off our credit cards and things like that. But we we took about a year and a half just so that we could be budget savvy and do a really big cruise experience, mostly on points. So we were able to fly free stay the hotel free, and most of our cruise was paid through travel reward points.
0: Do you follow anyone in particular for, you know, kind of hacking with points?
1: Yeah. Um, the first one that I jumped onto, we, we fly Southwest Airlines a lot. And so there's a, there's a Southwest Airlines travel gal. I think she just calls herself Go Travel Gal. Uh, her name is Lynn Mettler and uh, just extremely knowledgeable, focuses her attention on how do you... Win the game at Southwest. How do you get your companion pass and um, and be able to do that? You know, quickly. Even if you're not a a business traveler, you know, regular travelers can do that. Million points blog, mm-hmm. I think, was another another big one that we followed, and there was there was a, several other ones.
0: I follow the Point Sky, and I believe it's one mile at a time. Oh, okay, the, yeah. Those two sites are kind of. Um... Basically, everything that goes against what Dave Ramsey says, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been following, yeah, but yeah, whatever. So you make your way down to San Juan. Uh, how was embarkation to Carnival Fascination?
1: It was our first time in San Juan, and it, it, as we talk about each of the ports, it's going to be our first time ever in those. We've done eastern you know, cruises and western cruises. First of all, Puerto Rico, my first time being there, I, what a beautiful island there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get different impressions about what it's going to be like on the news, how the destruction or poor, and it was just beautiful, fantastic place. We stayed at the San Juan Marriott, which is right off of Coronado Beach. It was a great hotel. Uh, You know, we paid forward points. It was a 10 minute taxi ride from the airport to the hotel. And then about a 12-minute taxi ride to the port, so everything's real close together. And uh, on embarkation day, you know, we took we took an Uber from the airport. You have to take a taxi going back and from to the airport. You have to take a taxi, but the other places you cut the price in half when you take the Ubers. So quick ride to the port. Our assigned boarding time on our boarding passes was between 1 and 1:30, 1 and uh, so we really didn't have to sit and wait. I was kind of surprised that when we got to the port, that there weren't porters to take your bags right from the curbside. You know, when I've been to Fort Lauderdale and Miami, it just seems like the porters are right there. You know, I've got my ones and fives ready to give tips. I want someone to carry my bags. (laughs) you know. Uh, We we had to walk our bags. It, it, It seemed like it, you know, took about 10 minutes to kind of walk our bags in, get in line until we finally got to the porters and then they took care of business from curbside to inside the terminal was 15 minutes that's a little bit long for some of these cruises that i've been on just to get in the terminal but once we got in the terminal everything just we just we kept walking and we're walking we're going up and down escalators we're giving our boarding passes to the the carnival people and then we're walking more Then we're scanning our bags and so it took another 15 minutes before we actually got on the gangway and got on the ship this ship loads deck three so there's nothing fantastic when you go in it's not there's not an atrium it's nothing uh you know glorious and over the top it's just it's very uh medicinal boring looking you know when you're walking in and then uh they greet you and you take the elevators to the stairs before you get to some of the more magnificent.
0: So let's talk about the magnificent part then. What were your first impressions when you walked into that atrium?
1: From the first time we ever cruised seven years ago to today, uh, walking in that atrium, you know, there's just, there's just nothing like it for me as, as tall as it is. I think there were 14 levels on the boat, the glass elevators are in the atrium, you know, the music's playing. The bar's right down there, and drinks are flowing for people that are drinking. So, you know, we wanted to get into that as quick as we could, and that's the part we like. Really, the first thing we did is we went up the stairs, and our rooms were ready by 1.30. So we checked into the rooms, or we opened the rooms, and the sale and sign cards, I can't remember if they would give us our sale and sign cards when we did our boarding passes in the past, but our sailing and sign cards were in an envelope right by our door. Is that the normal thing they do now?
0: You know, what, for the past two years or so, it has been, yeah.
1: But that was no problem. And then 1.30, we dropped our bags off. We, we had our swimsuits on already. You know, we were prepared with our onboard bag. And then we, we went straight uh, to the Lido deck like, like so many do. And, and I've been dying to try the guy's burger joint. So I needed to get my first guy's burger. You know what?
0: You are probably one of 2,000 on that cruise that wanted to do the same thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the strange thing, Doug, is that there was hardly anybody else on board when we were there. And we were starting to wonder when people would get on board. I figured that people just probably flew into San Juan and wanted to do their excursions there in San Juan. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier that some people got on on Barbados. Uh, they got on and got off at Barbados. And so I'm sure that the Barbados people wanted to have as much time as they could at San Juan. But I I suspect a lot of people on that boat wanted to maximize their time in San Juan as well. You know, the old town San Juan is, is, gosh, half a mile from the port there. And so it's really easy to just walk over into San Juan. But um, yes, one of the um, one of the workers there, when do people start getting on board? And, and they said, really, 5 or 6 o'clock? You know, like late, everybody was supposed to be on board by 5. So I figured we started to see a big increase of traffic, you know, by 4 o'clock. And then definitely by 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 5 o'clock and, and mustard drill, you know, the, it felt like a normal cruise ship.
0: So what is it, uh, an evening departure?
1: Yeah, it left at 6, I think. Okay.
0: That's the beauty, though. I mean, like, when you're sailing either Carnival or Holland America, it's so conducive to walking, you know, right you're right there in the heart of downtown, almost, whereas if you're sailing on Royal Caribbean or Celebrity, you're down at the Pan-American Terminal, which is a couple of miles outside of town, so it involves a taxi or an Uber to get back and forth, where you know, you can cut it kind of close if you're sailing on a Carnival ship out of San Juan and not have to worry about being left behind.
1: I think next time, if if we have just a port day, if we were on a ship that comes in there and, and has eight hours, um, I, I think we we would spend the maximum amount of time mm-hmm. that we could and just get on board, you yeah. know, 45 minutes before.
0: So what kind of stateroom did you book? And what did you think of it?
1: We've done on our cruises, the interior stateroom again, we're, we're kind of the budget minded. We, we want to be on the ship. We want to be on the trip and we want to shave some money, you know, it's what we expected space wise you still have your your regular you know shower curtain instead of a door you there's only two usb uh, not not usb but two two plugs and then one european plug there the kids had a power strip we had a power strip you know we kind of knew how to do that and then we had one of the porthole rooms so we were on deck 6 and uh, we were Forward on the ship porthole, so they have these two heavy portholes that give you some light and let you look out. If you lift them up heavy enough and unlatch the hook, you can actually shut those, so you can have a little more darkness, you know, when you sleep. Um, and then there's there's curtains that you shut, so you, you know to kind of uh, cut the light out of the, the portholes as well. So we do like to spend some time in the room because we like to nap a lot. <laughs> so we'll have an afternoon nap we'll go back to the room sometimes earlier at night and just sit and watch TV. My younger son wanted to say, I said, what do you want to say on the radio? He said, he said, tell them they don't have a lot of great kids channels okay. <laughs> on the TV. They had um, Nickelodeon and then there was another Nickelodeon type of stuff, channel. You know, for the adults, they've got a news channel. They've got mm. a food network channel. They had uh, home and gardening. They have different travel ones. And then, about the half of the twenty channels are carnival related, trying to sell you stuff. Right, <laughs> but yeah. I got my fill of, of of Food Network, and my wife got her fill of of HD TV, and we spent a lot of good time in the room.
0: One thing I, I noticed recently that well, I noticed it on Amazon, so I bought it. Now I travel with it, but because uh, I travel with so much like camera gear and things like that, um, the European plug—you can actually buy a European plug that has. Um, like a regular American outlet, but also four USBs on it, so you can charge four oh. USBs while you know charging your, you know your computer or whatever. So I thought that was a kind of cool thing that I picked it up and uh, brought it on Carnival Sunshine a couple of months ago, and I swear by it now. It's a it's a really cool way to get some more plugs if you so need it. Of course, most people like to, I guess, decompress when they get a uh, get out to sea. So I'm really-
1: I'm really big on tips and, and I love hearing the podcast, but reading blogs mm-hmm. related to cruise tips or YouTube. And um, one of the things that I had picked up was, was uh, make sure you have some of the, the cruise luggage tags. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had cruise luggage tags, but you know, the, the luggage tags, they're these longer ones and this acrylic and then they have this really strong strap on it. And you, you know, a metal strap and you screw it on and they don't fall off. Yeah. You know, so many people, and it was windy on the uh, going into the terminal, so some people's papers were flying around. I'd say half the people I saw, they had not done the luggage tags on their bag that they send you for Carnival. And I, I don't know how you deal with that. We even brought a roll of, of, of uh, packing tape, you know, just in case something kind of broke. Because we know how important it is to have those tags, and then for our bags, of course, we want those to get to our stateroom.
0: It took one time for my bag to get my bag tag to get ripped off for me to buy those. Um, yeah, I, I literally I thought that I didn't get my bag by seven o'clock. It was like after I did early dinner and I got back to my cabin, no bag yet. I'm like, oh, my gosh, where is it? And I'm thinking, did I bring anything? Like, did I have anything in my bag that I shouldn't have had? Like, you know, booze yeah. or whatever. But I did, I did not. But I went down there and I had to claim it. Because it was ripped off by, uh, you know, just just in handling probably, or someone, you know, whatever happened. But so from that point on, I order those bag tags that you, you know, have yeah. the, um, not, they're not like stainless steel, but you know what I'm talking about. Like you were just saying, and I, I swear by those things. They are so awesome.
1: I think it was $12 on Amazon yeah. and they sent me eight of like eight, them. Yeah, yeah, and eight then of them. And then eight lanyards with mm-hmm. the smaller ones for your sale and sign cards.
0: yeah. It takes one time to learn. You learn really fast, too. So let's talk about dining on board the ship here. Uh, We'll start in the main dining room. What time dining did you have and what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, we had the anytime dining and uh, we had a great experience we like with that. We like to have the slower dinners. To us, it's it's still magical to us. It's still uh, uh, maybe not luxurious, but there is some luxury to it. Mm -hmm. And it still feels like Gosh, we're 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 getting to eat at a fine restaurant, you know, for free, and um, and we enjoy meeting the servers. And uh, we normally anytime dining actually started at five forty-five, and we would get there right right about that time. So we didn't have a wait. A lot of times they, they kept track of the servers that mm-hmm. we went to, and they said, "Do you have a preference of servers?" And we're like, "Well, you know, yes or no." And uh, we ended up having a couple of the same servers for most of the crews. So that's that's kind of fun. And you're close to other people, but there's still some detachment. So if you want to talk to the other table, if they want to talk to you, they can do that. But they seated us as a family together and not, you know, shove us in with a big booth full of, you know, eight or ten people. And a lot of times they would seat us by the window where we could watch the ship sail away at night and or see the sunset. So we really enjoyed that, and we enjoy all the choices. You know, you can order as many of the things as you want. And I just reminded my kids that that's okay. If you want two of something, or if you just if you want an appetizer, you want to double the appetizer and make that your meal. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels funny to do that. It feels wrong to do that. But they didn't bat an eyelash, Doug, at any time we asked for you know two desserts or the cheese plate which is a dessert thing. We wanted that up front a couple of times. One thing I noticed is that it seemed like every day, as the cruise went on every day, the service got a little bit slower. And I couldn't really put my finger on that. You know, it wasn't just, it, it's always kind of slow whenever they have the lobster and whenever they had the dress-up days or the steak. But I, I, I just couldn't quite understand why the service just kind of seemed to slow down, and I never timed our our sit-downs, and I I never complained about it, but, um, you know, you need to plan if you're going to go to the dining room and not the buffet for a 90-minute sit-down, and it might be shorter, but it's probably going to be about 90 minutes.
0: Yeah. I guess they probably get, what, bogged down with everybody wanting one or two or three lobster tails?
1: I'm probably contributing to the problem. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally.
1: We did go to breakfast a couple of times in the dining room too, and uh, and that's fine. It, there was a lot of the same menu selections each time. In fact, like, I think it was the same menu every time. We didn't feel like we had quite the variety that maybe we did, you know, go into breakfast at the Toledo Buffet or certainly the Blue Iguana Cantina. But it was nice to sit down and nice to be served, and, you know, I, I, I think for us, so many families, you know, we just get busy and we do our separate things, or we're on our iPhones and whatnot. And so for us, it was really special just to sit down and expect the kids to be there, and they enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah.
0: As far as uh, what is it, the Lido Deck Marketplace or Lido Deck Buffet, I guess they call it on uh, Fascination, how was that?
1: Always good. And if you don't like something, you can always find something else. You know, I. I I just don't quite understand people that complain about cruise buffet foods. Uh, maybe I haven't cruised enough and gotten picky enough, but it's just a privilege to me right. to be able to go and have all these choices. I think one thing to remember is, on some of these boats is that if one side is crowded, you can go to the other side of the ship and there's an identical buffet there where the line might not be that long, or you know you can go to the to the back of the of, of the dining area where the buffets are, you know, where the pizza thing is, and there's a deli and there's a continental breakfast in the morning and there's a salad bar, you know, there's a lot of food options and you don't always have to just start at the buffet. Um, A lot of times if the line was big, I would cut in front of the line and go get my oatmeal because the, because the oatmeal is just past the main part of the regular buffet. And I'd get an oatmeal or bagels right over there And I'd get that just for starters, and then I'd go back whenever the line would die down. Uh, That worked out pretty good. And then, of course, the Blue Iguana Cantina, you know, uh, the the breakfast tacos there were tremendous. And the people on the ship did not figure out until about day four that how tremendous those were. So that was kind of a, you know, if you're a veteran cruiser, just know that the omelet stations are going to be backed up. And it might take you 30 minutes to get your personalized omelet You're right next door. They're just waiting for you at Blue Iguana to make your burrito for you.
0: The pizza area is in the back by the deli, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: And did you get to enjoy any pizza on the sailing?
1: Yeah, and I thought it was pretty good. There's just one guy back there. Um, I don't know. The guy, whoever was back there each time, never seemed to have much personality, never seemed to smile very much. And, I, you know, that's fine. But he would, you give him the order and then he'd go hide away and make the pizzas and not come back till the pizzas were done. And so sometimes the line could get long there. I I don't really understand why, even on a smaller ship like this, they can't have some sort of uh, pizzas available on a regular basis. You know, not a full pizza buffet, but why not have a few pies out there ready to go? Because somebody's always going to come and want a cheese or a slice of cheese, and somebody's going to want a slice of pepperoni. I just don't quite understand why that gets so backed up. I know why it does get backed up because they have one person, but I don't know why Carnival doesn't make that a little bit better.
0: And people don't care, really, right? I mean, if the pizza is sitting out there for 15 minutes and I walk up, I'm still going to eat it.
1: Exactly. You know, it's yeah.
0: like, yeah, no big deal. Well, this ship doesn't have like any of the specialty restaurants or anything like that on it, so we'll go right to entertainment. How was the entertainment on this seven-night sailing?
1: So, I have kind of up-and-down feelings about the entertainment on this ship. I thought that the shows were very average or even subpar. We went to some of the shows, but there's others that we just hung around and kind of checked out um, on Deck 8 there. And uh, we just were not impressed much at all. You know, it's kind of the, the shows reminded me of whenever as a kid we would go to Six Flags mm-hmm. and we'd be so hot from walking around and, and, and seeing the rides that we'd go inside the air conditioner place where they had the performances, not so much to see the performances, but to get the air conditioner. <laughs> and I never really much liked those can type of shows, but they had a Motor City show, which was a Motown show. Um, They had a Divas show where it was just the ladies with the strong voices that sang. And the most popular seemed to be the Latin Nights show, so all this Latin music. We had a lot of international people on board and a whole lot of Spanish-speaking people. And a lot of times, even when they would give the cruise announcements, uh, they would give them in Spanish as well. So it's not a surprise that the Latin Nights show, you know, with people dressed up, you know, kind of skimpy, too, Mm -hmm. that that was real popular. You know, like I said, we kind of checked in on those. We went to the Hasbro and the Clues show, and we, I don't know, we were just kind of bored at that. The lip sync battle, uh, which is something new that I have not seen on one of the ships before. I thought that was interesting. You know, they had auditions on the Leo deck uh, by the pool the day before, and then they picked the best two people to battle it. But, you know, they have—they—they they, they filled it with a whole bunch of other um, dancing and stuff so they had they had two songs a piece with the lip battle and then it seemed like they had about six other songs that the the sing and dance team did the cruise director was mel and she was really over the top i think a lot of people liked her she just was somebody that liked the spotlight her voice was all over the cruise all all during the day my wife and i found her a, a bit annoying and someone that was trying to kind of uh, she liked to sing and dance, and it seemed like she was always trying to take the spotlight from people that were supposed to be, you know, heads of the show. But that's just my preference. I think a lot of people liked her. Another entertainment thing, you know, the trivia shows are always popular, and they had trivia at all different places of the ship. One thing that was funny about the trivia, though, Doug, was there always seemed to be people who had really strong accents, given the, the questions. And, uh, you know, people that didn't speak English quite as well, you know, their native language was Italian or Spanish. And I thought, you know, if you're going to give trivia clues or be a main person on stage announcing, uh, it would be a good idea to be able to speak where you could be understood. I, I saw a lot of people leaning in or asking the trivia people to repeat. And I've never seen that before. We went to the karaoke. That was extremely fun. We didn't participate, but we watched dozens and dozens dozens of people uh, eager to sing and sign up, and most of them were great. Uh, there were four comedians on board, two at the beginning for the first two days of the cruise, and then two kind of near the end. Um, it was two out of four, Doug, on the comedians. One of them was a Cuban pilot comedian. He was really funny. One of them was a hypnotist comedian. He was really good, and the other two – People were walking out, you know, so it was it was hit or miss on the entertainment.
0: Let's talk about the sea days here. Well, I guess only one sea day you had on this seven-night cruise. How was it as far as crowds and congestion?
1: On sea day, our family just kind of split up. My older son went to the Serenity Deck. It was not crowded uh, during the times he was there. My younger son, we bought him Wi-Fi for the day. We don't really buy the packages, but um, for the sea day, we... he wanted to be in touch with his fortnight and updates and who knows what. And so he enjoyed that. Um, My wife found a lot of quiet spots to read. And I kind of went to the loud places and hung around the Lido deck. And it was definitely loud over there. Just an acceptable volume and then turn it up about five more notches. And that's what the Lido felt like. You know, I could handle that for about an hour and a half. And, you know, the pools are the same. They're just, you know, crowded on the sea days. But, you know, it, if, if a couple people came out of the pool, then I could jump in the pool and get cool. They had the hairy chest contest like they always do on Carnival. And, you know, that's always amusing and fun. And um, I hadn't seen this before, but they had they had actually recruited judges from the audience, ladies, to come and sit down and judge the hairy chest contest. And the cruise director assigned to each of the ladies, how would I say that she wanted one to, you know, to, to inspect oh, the so hair. Like the hair, and the then, muscles
0: and all that.
1: <laughs> and and then the next one was to feel the hair. Uh-huh. And then another one was to smell the hair. I don't know if that's been your experience that you've seen that or you even, you know, attend those. But I, I was just real surprised by that. I thought that was a little too edgy there. But uh, the music was fun and they had a big 80s. Uh, trivia, music and trivia later in the day. Most of the musicians on board were great. There was the Caribbean music playing the kettle drums, uh, acoustic guitar singers all over the place, a jazz combo that was fantastic. Our day at sea, the winds were a little bit strong on that day. It wasn't drastic, but you know it, it's good to have in your stock of medicine a few different types of motion sickness. And my wife... And younger son uh, got the prescription motion sickness patches. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't have any trouble at all, the whole, the whole cruise, with any motion sickness. So that was a good, you know, a good thing to have, especially on a sea day where it, it, the winds were a little bit heavier. Yeah.
0: As far as the ports of call you went to, what we'll do here, because you had pretty much, like, what, six of them. So what we'll do is give us the port of call and give us a highlight then just move to the next one.
1: We started off at San Juan. We had one day at, at our hotel before and two days after. We went to Old San Juan at night, and that was fantastic and beautiful. We ate at a, uh, a traditional Puerto Rican restaurant called Reises, mm-hmm. and it's a chain. They have several of them, but it, it's a very nice, authentic experience. Of course, when you're Puerto Rico, you, you, you eat the mofongo, uh, which is the smash plantains with a lot of uh, things added to it. Um, and we got a good Puerto Rican food experience. At the end of the cruise, my son and I went to the Bacardi Rum Distillery, and that's such a a well-done tour. It's a beautiful campus over there. Um, They have three different types of tours, historical mixology or rum tasting. We did the rum tasting. You get a free drink. I'd highly recommend that one. Our first port of call, once we were moving on the ship was St. Thomas, and I, I think part of this was, just for us to explore the islands but also to be budget conscious we really didn't do paid excursions we just decided at each port we're going to go to the beach and um, so my wife researched good beach spots or sometimes we just tried to get the nearest beach spot if there was an expensive taxi ride so in st thomas we went to a place called secrets resort Mm -hmm. and that's one where you can get a day pass. But they, they have a couple of shops next to it, including a dive shop. And then the dive shop has an area, of beach all their own, where they rent chairs. So we didn't have to pay for a day pass. We just had to pay for a taxi ride to the dive shop. And then uh, umbrella, snorkel, and chair, um, I think it was 40 or $50 for the whole family. So they have a restaurant there. The dive shop has snacks. We actually ordered some local pizza and got that delivered straight to our beach chair. So that was kind of fun. St. Thomas, we thought, was one of the more beautiful places that we were at. We really want to go back to San Juan and St. Thomas. And then our next port of call was St. Martin, Uh, probably the the prettiest waters that we've seen um, in any of our Caribbean cruises. We went to uh, Mullet Bay Beach. It was um, a scenic taxi ride around the island i think it was about ten dollars a person Mm -hmm. but um uh, chair rental at that beach was five dollars a chair five dollars an umbrella they had a uh, rosie's barbecue stand which had amazing ribs chicken inexpensive beer and overall st martin is a beautiful island and it it's a cheap It, it wasn't very expensive so you know beers basic beers like the Corona equivalent beers were $1, 2 or $3, mm-hmm. really. Um, C- Carib beer was one of the main ones, C- C-A-R-I-B. They had a couple of variations of that. And then when we were at uh, St. Lucia, we had, you know, Pitons beer, and, and they had other beers too. But I would I would encourage you to try out the local beers. And also, at these islands, when you go, ask about the local juice. Because they have their low, you know, whatever's fresh locally and they blend it together. So local juice is not a single juice, but it's usually a blend. Okay. So that was a good tip that we learned from our taxi driver. Next, we went to St. Kitts. I think out of all the ports, Doug, this one was seemed the most dirty and disorganized, at least in the port shops. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one where they're several of the guys have monkeys and they want you to, you know, they'll put the monkey on you and want to take pictures with you and can be a little pushy, and so we just told our kids, you know, if they want to put the monkeys on you, say no, and just kind of walk around or walk away. When we were in port at St. Kitts, Royal Caribbean had one of their ships, the Majesty of the Seas, which is a really big ship, and so, you know, thousands of people got off from Royal Caribbean. We got off. Um, I'm sure there are ways to figure out if there are a lot of ships in port um, I don't know if there's apps that do that or if there's websites, but that would be interesting to know how many other ships are going to be at port, and it might affect how we plan our day. But my wife and older son went to uh, Columbola Beach. It was a real nice beach. It had good snorkeling, but it was a bit crowded. There was no Wi-Fi on the beach. Mm-hmm. So mainly the Wi-Fi we was at the port shops if we had to use our Wi-Fi and check up. I think just thinking about phones. St. Thomas and San Juan are U.S. territories, so we had no trouble. We were able to use our current phone plans at those islands. But as soon as we got past those and sailed away, you know, we we told everybody in our crew to shut your phones off, you know, and we'll use Wi-Fi whenever we get to the islands. And that seemed to be a pretty good strategy. We could always find some sort of Wi-Fi. My younger son and I, we. We stayed back on the ship for a little while and just kind of went to the port shops and did some shopping and caught up on Wi-Fi. Uh Um, I I think one other bit of advice for St. Kitts is kind of save your excursion money for other ports. I think that the, the excursions they offered there, I think the things that were available there, they just didn't seem very exciting but at the other islands it's much more beautiful much more exotic much more clean and organized st lucia was our next island and what we just thought this was beautiful st lucia was very very expensive it was expensive for taxis it was expensive for shopping it was expensive for souvenirs and excursion so you know just make sure to if you want to do st lucia to budget well there we went to a place called bg beach Mm -hmm. and um we had wanted to go to a beach near the, the pitons, but it was, it was a two-hour taxi ride, we found out. Oh, wow. And we, we could have taken a water taxi, but it was $55 a person round trip. And, you know, I mean, we're not even doing a formal excursion. And if we want to get to the beach that we really want to get to, you know, $220, mm-hmm. that, that's a good chunk of change. So we just asked them, what's the closest beach that's nice? And they said, well, go to Gee Beach. It was, uh, I, I'd say, about 10 minutes away from the port. It was a $5 per person taxi ride. Two chairs plus a shared umbrella was $35. They had several little restaurants there. They had music going on. It was, a, it was an incredibly fun day. And we could see where our boat was. You know, we just weren't far from everything. Yeah. And we got a really good beach experience there. And, you know, the nice thing is that when the cruise ship left, St. Lucia. We passed the Pitons, which is just, you know, these high peaks that are there in St. Lucia. And uh, next time, we'll take the water taxi over to St. Lucia. And then our last port was at Barbados. It's really generous on this itinerary that you get 12 hours to be on this island. Uh, It was another beautiful island. My wife had researched uh, where to go. And we went to Carlisle Bay Beach, And there's a lot of places that you can rent chairs from. And the one that she had researched was called Harbor Lights, H-A-R-B-O-U-R, Lights. And uh, really clean, organized, good restaurant, good bars, shops, and around about 10 minutes from the ship. So you could see the carnival ship and the Royal Caribbean ship uh, from where we were. There were a lot of chairs there, but it was a great value. So for $20, you got a chair, a shared umbrella, and a one-hour snorkel tour. And they took us to a shipwreck. Mm -hmm. We'd never snorkeled a shipwreck before, and we probably spent 20 minutes there. And then they took us to an area that had uh, turtles. And so the people who had never seen turtles before got to swim with the turtles and just be on a boat, and they had snorkel equipment. And we thought, man, for $20... You know, to have a chair, an umbrella, and and that was was pretty incredible. It was definitely one of the best deals uh, that we got on the on the whole trip. A lot of the excursions in Barbados, if they take you to shipwreck, it's going to be the same one that we went to. So there was all these charter boats, you know, and even some from the Carnival ship that came over. So we we really enjoyed that. You know, a lot of the people they go on onto the island later. And so some of the excursions didn't even start until 12 o'clock or even after that. So by the time we were headed back to the ship, there were people just getting off and getting organized on tours for excursions. My wife decided to uh, take my younger son back on the boat and then come back out and do some shopping. And then she jumped on one of these um, two-hour taxi tours. I think she paid $20.00. And she got a two-hour tour, and the driver had Wi-Fi hotspot in his taxi, (laughs) so she could take pictures and upload them to Facebook right from the cab. So that was a fun, fun place, and I, I was glad that we had such a long time to spend in Barbados. And then we had a day at sea, and then we're back in San Juan.
0: Gosh, I'm trying to think with the place I went to in Barbados, but it sounds exactly like you were talking about. They. They brought us out to swim with the sea turtles because one tried to, to grab my GoPro and then we went to a shipwreck and there was a really long pier on the beach and you boarded at the very end of this like this boardwalk, this long dock. Was it the same way where you were?
1: Not the exact one, but okay. they had several, several different um, inlets to that Carlisle Bay beach.
2: Okay, uh, gotcha. One of them was
1: called Copa Cabana and it was more expensive, but it was right next door. But then they had other ones. Then there was a couple of hotels that were um, uh, that were to the left of us. So yeah, I, I, there was it was a pretty crowded area. But you know, we, we felt like we had our own space whenever we needed it, and we felt safe enough even to leave our backpacks so that we could go swimming and so forth.
0: Yeah, because I remember what you were saying. There's a lot of people, like a lot of boats and charters and things around the shipwreck and where the turtles are. So it must be like one isolated place.
1: Yeah. The only problem with that is that is that all of a sudden in the water, you've got a hundred snorkelers. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, so that was kind of here. I've snorkeled before and, you know, I just kind of stayed out of people's way until they moved on. But, you know, all you need to do is float and paddle with your hands and people snorkeling. You know, they start kicking and they start getting getting into you and not really aware of their space. And so, you know, I wasn't afraid to shove someone away.
0: (laughs) It was called the Boat Yard.
1: Oh, okay, the boatyard. Yeah, that's where we went. That up.
0: So you make your way back to San Juan. How was debark?
1: I think debark was fine. We, you know, when when those luggage tags become available, you need to go grab them. They were available day at sea, starting at eleven o'clock. We we waited till about right before dinner. We waited till around five o'clock, and boy, they'd been kind of stripped through. And so, for those who've not cruised before, you can you can walk your own bags off. And, and that's fine. You, you know, we had five bags and some of them were large. So we wanted Carnival to do some of the work. So we got the, the you know, the, the luggage tags. We wanted to stay on the ship for a while. So we, we got some late, you know, exiting tags and uh, just waited in the Lido buffet. It was really busy. People really don't know what they're supposed to do. So even with all of the announcements saying, this is a call only for those who have all of their bags. you know they said that all the time, and then you know and, and then people are going down there, some of them have, they have some of their bags or they don't have the proper number, and then they're having to come back up. so I got an idea there was just a lot of confusion about that. I wondered, Doug, if some of that was language barrier, you know, since we had so many spanish speaking folks, I just wondered if. Maybe they didn't quite understand, even if they were listening to the Spanish you know, instructions. Um, or maybe it was just a lot of first-time cruisers. But, you know, it just seemed chaotic. But we just waited. We, we played on our phones and let the crowd spin out. Instead of going to the forward, you exit from forward, deck three. And then everybody wants to go either that forward staircase or, you know, take all the elevators. You know, I said, let's, let's take the stairs or let's take one of the back elevators. And we were able to get down there quickly and just have a kind of a straight walk on deck three. You know, that's kind of one of these little cruise tips. You know, if, if everybody's going, exiting the ship from, from the same elevator and the stairs, you're gonna have a pretty long wait. So, you know, figure out your, your ship and the map of the ship and explore a little bit and figure out which of those elevators that you can use in really busy times. But, you know, once we got off, the crowd had been in quite a bit. They had three lines leading to Custom. The left line was for bags and porters. And a lot of people didn't realize that they were kind of going to the front of that line and then getting kicked kick to the back. So there was really two lines uh, that moved along rather speedily. The guy at Customs only asked us one question. He asked us where we live. And, um, you know, we had our passports ready we, We were ready. You know, we prepared our kids. Don't kid around with the guys. You know, we used to live in an area where we crossed the border all the time and had to talk to custom people. And you just, you know, you, you can't kid around with those folks. Yeah. But we told our kids, you know, and, 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 he just asked us one question and he said, you know, go ahead and go through. So it was pretty easy. We called an Uber when we were done so we could save, you know, money from taxi. So, You have to walk out of the port a few blocks probably to meet your Uber driver. So if you're going to Uber, just know that they're not going to be right there at the curb because it's filled with taxis and it's filled with prearranged transportation and it's pretty chaotic. And so, you know, we had to walk our bags, I think, three or four blocks and probably wait 10 or 15 minutes for our Uber driver to get there. But that was minimal uh, for us. And I, I thought all in all we were out of the ship. Pretty quickly. One last thing about D Bark is the souvenir stands right at the curb, not carnival ones, but just the vendors that are outside of the port, had really cheap prices on hats and shirts for $5 each. You know, that said San Juan and actually looked really good. And I wish I had gone back and bought at least one of each of those, you know, a shirt and a hat.
0: A lot of those vendors there uh, make some pretty cool things too, like like a lot of uh, jewelry and artwork that make it out. You know, they make it right there in front of you. It's really cool. There's a guy who sells jewelry out there. His name's Juan, and he's okay. he goes by Juan of San Juan, and he just <laughs> catchy, right? He does some of the most amazing. I don't know the word for, it, but like really cool jewelry, like necklaces and bracelets and things like that and he's really really affordable too so yeah i know you're saying those shops out there definitely hit them up before you uh before you head to the airport or back to your hotel Uh, so looking back what was the biggest highlight for you on this cruise
1: i think being disciplined about saving up whether it's money or points or money and points you know for us i get so much excitement in the planning and the dreaming and the researching and then to be on the ship and to actually have some of your plans go through or that you have to go to your backup plan or ask the cab driver, where do we go and have a successful day and and to have surprises. That's just, that's so much fun for us is the itinerary working out or the improvised plans working out. We enjoyed the quiet times on the ship, you know, and even in a busy Fun ship like Carnival, you can always find magical, fun, quiet places. You know, your room, you can be in your room and read. But we always found really special places to, you know, to read Mm -hmm. or to relax or to listen to music. And then, of course, uh, the food for us, you know, having the, the variety at our disposal whenever having the guys burgers. I think I had five of them during the trip. And so that was all fun for us. I love it. You're my hero.
0: Um, do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone sailing Carnival fascination out of San Juan?
1: I got a few tips that are kind of just general cruise tips. Okay. I was really surprised that every time we, we went to the taxi stands at the islands, that they were exactly correct on their prices. I mean, we knew where we were going to go, and then we could you know see it on the taxi sign, or if we were changing on our, our itinerary. You know, I, I found that I don't trust the taxi signs until I trust them, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I found every taxi stand to be very organized. Um, their prices were solid. We double-checked them with with the taxi drivers when we got in, and they said, oh, yeah, $5 a person, and well, what if we would have went here this real far? Oh, yeah, that would have been $40 a person. That would have been a two-hour ride. So, you know, I was really glad to be able to trust the taxi stands, I think that the the port shops, even though St. Lucia was a little bit pushy, I think most of the shops, you know, we didn't feel the pressure, maybe that you feel from the vendors in the Bahamas or Jamaica. So I really like that. Something we tried to make use of is that really big bottle of water in our stateroom. We would use that. We would uh, refill that or we'd refill it in the morning with juice or tea and take it with us. And so it was nice to have that. And um, there's not much food that you can take from the ship off the boat. I guess you're not supposed to do that at all. And we didn't have the cereal boxes like like maybe some cruises do. So you couldn't take any cereal off. But one thing I found that you could take is you could order an extra guy's, not guy's, but the blue iguana burrito, breakfast burrito. And that may sound strange, but I said, can you give me another burrito? And um, I put that in my backpack. And that was a lifesaver, you know, if we got out to somewhere where It was a little difficult to get to a restaurant, or the restaurant took a long time, you know, to get their food ready. You know, we would have that that juice and that burrito to snack on. So those those are the odd tips I wanted to share, Doug.
0: Yeah, awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, In closing here, final thoughts of Carnival Fascination?
1: Tremendous ship. You know, great experience. It's an old ship. You know, it's a 1994 ship, but it's been through... A couple of upgrades, including the 2.0 upgrades. The paint is faded. There's a rough spots. The deck is faded, but the quality of the experience, the people there, is not faded. It's very fresh, very fun, and we can't wait to go back on our next cruise.
0: Yeah, I can't believe how old these, or maybe I'm just getting older, how old these fantasy class ships are now. Um, my very first cruise was in the 90s on Carnival Fantasy, and that ship's going to be 30 years old next year.
1: <laughs> wow. Golly. Yeah. First one we went on was Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. We went on Ecstasy. Um, I think that was a seven-night one that went to Belize and went Western. We did Norwegian Sky or a Bahamas cruise. I can't remember. Uh, Legend, Carnival Legend was the other one. And I think that's the one we took to Key West uh-huh. and Cozumel. That was kind of a short one. I think those were the cruises we were on.
0: Very nice. We've been talking with Jeff about his seven-night cruise on Carnival Fascination out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and giving this detailed review this evening.
1: Thanks, Doug. It's been fun to join you.